Jesus' holy name, we pray. You may be seated. And you, as you turn your Bible to the book of Ephesians, chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 15. Therefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all saints, do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know what is the hope of your calling what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints and what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe according to his mighty power hallelujah which he walked in christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly places far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named not only in this age but also in that which is to come and all of this are dependent upon the possibility of our, the eyes of our understanding to be enlightened. In the economy of God that is revealed in the New Testament, a lot depends upon revelation. A lot depends upon you receiving illumination from God to enlighten your understanding. And I trust tonight that God will give us understanding. The eyes of our understanding will be enlightened. It is from that, that standpoint that we can design accurately from, from that standpoint that we can see clearly from that standpoint that we can understand the working of the power of God that is in us to the fulfillment of the divine purpose of God we pray tonight that God will quicken us and quicken our understanding he give us light insight and foresight so that we can comprehend all of the will of God please put your hands together so I welcome my friend Apostle Valentine. Hallelujah. Wow. Can you help me tell somebody by your side that tonight is loaded? You are not saying it like you believe it, but just help me tell somebody by your side again. Say tonight is loaded. Saying the way I'm saying, he said to somebody, Tonight is loaded. Hallelujah. Praise God. Glad to be back here again. When my friend called me and said he's posted to Lagos and that he'll be leaving soon, and precisely yesterday, today, and tomorrow will be sent forth meeting with the Remnant Christian Network McCordy. 
from the one, the day I heard the message of his transfer, I was not bothered. Amen. Because I know that God was up to something. And I began to like seek the face of God to find out what is God's mind for the hour and why the posting. Praise the Lord. Now, before I go into all of that, I'd like us to understand something very clearly tonight. Amen. I'd like you to understand that the name Apostle or Remnant Christian Network is just something that we just coined up and we just want to do to say we have arrived. Do you understand? It's something that God himself has put on ground to pioneer something new, something very different from what has been in existence. Hallelujah. Now, the best we have seen so far about the church and that we have celebrated and clapped from the perspective of heaven is actually a beggarly state. Are you listening to me? It's a very, very weak state of the church that we have seen so far manifested. What I came to help us understand is that there is much in God and there is more in God that me and you can explore. But the truth about it is that God will never do anything without following his pattern. Without following the prescribed way that he has ordained that things should be done. And if we are going to actually experience, showcase that dimension of God that have not been seen, particularly on the topography of Nigerian church, then we need to have an understanding and a revelation of that which God is doing. By the grace of God, for the past one month or thereabout, I've been traveling. In fact, I came in yesterday, I was saying, God, do not allow this man of God to call me up because I needed rest. Praise the Lord. And I thank God, God, hacking to that prayer. Today I'm refreshed, and I think I can be a blessing better than I would have been yesterday. Amen. Now, in the course of my travels, in my little years of ministry, I have come to discover... And I've seen how church is being done, particularly in the Pentecostal circle. Are you listening to me? Now we have. Can you permit me to? Okay, I will not even say. Praise the Lord. We feel today in the church that the Pentecostal and the charismatic circle is the best manifestation of God so far we have seen. Is that not so? Am I speaking here? Now, when you go to some conferences in this so-called Pentecostal charismatic circles and you see the choice of speakers they bring you go to sit down to listen to the quality of message that they bring and the thing that is being built in such conferences you will live there wondering if God actually spoke to the conveners of that meeting I don't know whether you're understanding me and at times you discover that in such conferences the people that were not even invited as guest speakers maybe just called to receive an offering or just give an exhortation or a charge are the ones that truly carry the word for the now. Are you listening to me here? Maybe just from one offering, the service will turn to another thing. From just a charge, somebody will live with something burning the inside because God spoke through that vessel. And then the major speaker just came to entertain the people and then to go. Now, that is not much a problem if that is what God is actually doing. Now, our brother, when he was leading the last prayer point read from the scripture in Revelation chapter 6 and verse number 1 and 2 my emphasis being number 2 even though number 1 says that the seal was broken and then one of the four beasts called John said come and see and then when he went he saw something praise the Lord in the scene he saw that there was a white horse 
and there was somebody sitting on the white horse and then there was a crown on the person sitting on the white horse and he had a bow but notice that the bible didn't say he carried an arrow but he had a bow and i'm not sure that anybody can do business in warfare with only a bow without an arrow but the next statement says the man went and he was conquering and yet to conquer and that began to give me concern i'd like us to turn to the book of acts of the apostles chapter 20 quickly to help us see that the apostle uh, paul had also such a burden in his day and time just to greet us before we see that which god wants us to see tonight if this is actually going to be a sent for service amen acts 20 are we there can we read from verse 26 for time's sake acts chapter 20 please if you don't have a bible can you share with somebody amen praise god from 26 i read he said, wherefore, I take you to record this day that I am pure from the blood of all men. For I have not shown to declare unto you all the counsel of God. Take heed therefore unto yourselves and to all the flock over the which the Holy Ghost had made you overseers to feed the church of God which he had purchased with his own blood. For I know this, that after my departing shall grievous wolves enter in among you, not sparing the flock. Also of your own selves shall men arise, speaking perverse things, to draw away disciples after them. Therefore watch and remember that by the space of three years, I cease not to warn everyone night and day with tears. And now, brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and to give you an inheritance among all them which are sanctified. Hallelujah. That's portion of scripture we just read is self-explanatory i'm not going to do much explanation there praise the lord but this was an account of paul having done three years ministry in a particular land and have raised the people hallelujah he left them and began to travel to other places to do the same thing exporting the same thing that god has called him to do all over the places that god led him to are we still following here but one thing was certain that for the work of three and a half years or three years or there about that Paul did, he was able to raise elders in such a city. Are we still together? And then Paul had oversight over that work from afar. But there were elders in that city that was watching over. Now, this was an account of Paul calling the elders and was giving them like a charge or an exhortation because he was going to leave and he doesn't even know whether he's going to come back. Praise the Lord. Whether he's going to come back or not is not important. But what Paul said to them is what is important here. And the, the, my, 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 my searchlight is on 29 and 30. Uh, Paul began to speak and he said, After my departure, grievous wolves shall come. Hello? Hello? 
Why didn't the wolves come when Paul was there? Are you following here? Why didn't the people that were going to arise amongst the brethren to draw a following to themselves arise when Paul was there? Why was it that when Paul left or when as Paul was going to leave, then this is was going to arise? It can only arise if the eldership did not function like Paul. I don't know whether somebody is hearing me. Are we still here? Paul had a fear. He said, I, if I am there, I know that these grievous wolves exist, but they cannot find expression, they cannot find their way amongst the flock of God. Hallelujah. But I'm calling you people, I'm giving you a charge that you are now being given the oversight of these people. Their blood will no longer be required from me, but from you. I pray that somebody hear me tonight. In the name of Jesus. Yesterday, my friend began to speak and he brought us some revelations from the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Hallelujah. I, I'm not going to attempt to try to continue from where he stopped. Because I believe that God gave him a message and he's going to bring it to the house. Are we following here? But I came to speak to us tonight on what I call the spirit of a house. Praise the Lord. Or the spirit of a commission. The spirit of a ministry. Praise the Lord. Now my friend began to help us understand yesterday the operation of the Holy Spirit and how he moves in his giftings as he wills in the life of every individual that is born again that is yielded to him. Praise the Lord. And how the Lord administers ministries to every individual in the body of Christ so that they can use your giftings, hello, to do the work of the ministry that the Lord has called each and every one of us into. And of course, what that, the statement yesterday is in, 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 in agreement with Ephesians chapter 4 and verse number 11 when he talked about the, 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 the fivefold ministry gifts being given to the church, hello, so that they can perfect the sense or bring the sense to maturity so that they can do the work of ministry. Hallelujah. So every sense is called to the work of ministry. Are we still here? But there is something much more than gifts and ministry. Are we still together? And the best we have seen so far manifested, and that's why the church is weak, like I was just trying to say, because if you, you want to say now, you say, ah, if it's to see cripples walk, we have seen cripples walk. If it's to raise the dead, we have seen the dead raised. Is that not so? We have seen diverse kind of miracles. Now, that's not what I'm trying to explain here when I say the church is weak. Are we still following here? The best we have seen are gifts and ministries manifested on individual basis. Are we listening here? But what is God's intention for a group of people is to have a corporate expression of God. So that the manifold wisdom of God can be made expressed and manifested in a territory so that even principalities and powers will learn wisdom from the church. Are we still here? And what is God's technology? What's God's plan? What's God's way of doing that? Is that every ministry and every gift that is in operation, hallelujah, should come under a house. I don't know whether you understand what I'm saying. Every, I mean, you, you, you cannot operate in isolation. That God gave you a ministry and that God gave you a gift is one thing. Hallelujah. And for you to operate under a corporate anointing is another thing. And I'd like us to understand that clearly. 
The other time I came, I met my friend teaching on government and grace. Do you remember? That was last month. Amen. There are certain things that come to you on the account of grace and there are certain things that come to you on the account of government. Are we listening here? On the account of your personal relationship with Jesus Christ, hello, you get baptized in the Holy Spirit, your gift is activated and you know your ministry. You have an access to the Holy Spirit on the account of grace. Are we following now? And that gives you ministry and that gives you what? Giftings and you can operate and I mean be the best of who you can be as an individual. Are we following here? But it takes government to operate under a corporate anointing. I know you didn't hear me. Are we listening to me? Now, God is not expecting any individual to be a superstar anywhere. But God is expecting that when you rise up as an individual with your giftings and with your ministry, and then you are going out, you are not going out as an individual, but you are going out as, with the strength of the whole house. Do you understand? And that is why if I come to Remnant Christian Network, I don't just jump up to do things, I still submit myself to the leadership of the house. Do you understand that? Because it's the leadership of the house that gives me authority to operate. If not, if I operate from my own giftings and ministry alone, I tell you the truth, I will only be a blessing on the account of my gifts. Are we following here? But if God's authority, if God's approval, if God's work and operation will be done in that meeting, then I need to submit to the leadership of that ministry that brought me. In other words, I cannot come here now and begin to tell them Christian Network what to do. I don't know whether you're understanding me at all. Now, I'm not saying that the Holy Spirit cannot lead me to do anything, but if I'm going to do that, the Holy Spirit is leading me to do, it's going to be under permission. Do you understand? And we have seen people go to many ministries and want to correct the ministry, want to do their own thing as if the ministry is what God has committed into their hand. That is error. Well, since we are not looking at order and government tonight, but I just want to talk about the spirit of the house, then what I want to help us see is this. In spite of your gift, in spite of your ministry, you must understand that if you are not a set man, hello, you should be under a covering of a set man. Are you listening here? There's nothing like I have a singing ministry. And then my singing ministry is now run as if I, 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 I'm the overseer of how do I explain this now? I've seen some music ministers. Sorry, I'm just trying to give an example. You find it in every... Okay, let's not even use music for now. I've seen some people who have intercessory ministry and some prophetic graces. Hallelujah. And the moment God opened their eyes to see one or two visions and they pray for one sick and the sick gets healed, they get out of the church and they go and open a prayer house. Have you not seen something like that? And then they try to run Sunday service. They try to run Bible study. They try to do all that stuff and the rest. Meanwhile, they don't have the grace for that aspect. So what they are pioneering is error. And God didn't actually command them to go and start such a thing. And what happens is that familiar spirits take over. Are you following here? And we have many churches, plenty everywhere today. God is not against many churches, but it's against the one that is in error. There's nothing like a big church. And there's nothing like a small church from heaven's perspective. It's only the right church that God recognized. The church that began in God and was ordained and commanded by God. Are we following? Now, what I'm saying here is this. You can't jump up because of your gift and ministry and then pioneer something to become the set man and sit there as a set man. Now, I want to also say that because of the error of Pentecostalism and charismatic movements, many gifts, hello, and ministries have been short-circuited 
has been suppressed, you know, has been, have been truncated to the point that a lot of people get frustrated and then they get annoyed and leave the ministry or the local assembly or under the leadership of who they, uh, they are under to go and start something afresh. That somebody is not giving you room does not give you liberty to go and start another one. I don't know that you're understanding what I'm saying now. If you understand the grievousness of what I'm saying tonight, God will help you to take heed. Are you listening to me? And I want to thank God for God's servant here and what God is using to pioneer in our day and time. Where everybody is given a liberty, hello, to discover his gift, discover his ministry, and then run the ministry in line with God's instruction and according to governmental pattern. Are we still here? Are we understanding? Now, with your gift and ministry, you can see a measure of the dimension of the Holy Spirit that your ministry and your gift warrants and allows. Can I say this? You can even be living in error and still operate God's power. Maybe you didn't hear me, so I'll repeat myself. I said you can still be operating in error, hello, and operate God's power. Because how the power came to you and the gift came to you in the first place was a function of grace, not what you did, but what Christ did. And if he gives it to you, it's without repentance. Are we still following? Your calling in God is without repentance. The giftings of God in your life, they are without repentance. Are you following me? Somebody can get up from the house of a prostitute and still raise a cripple if that gift is com I mean, commensurate with your call. Are we still following here? That does not mean that because you raise a cripple, God's approval is over your life. Can I say this to somebody quickly? The Bible says the gift of a man, it maketh room and way for him. And it can make him stand before kings. Are you aware of that? But there is also a, 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 a place in God where you gain stature and favor with God and with men. Do you understand? My gift can make room for me. It can take me to Asorok. That does not mean that God approves of me. Oh, that somebody will hear me. Are you listening to me? But I can have stature with God and favor with God and men. And then I don't need money, but if that, I have that one. Anything in life that is needed for me to fulfill my destiny must come to me. That type doesn't come because you are gifted. Uh oh, I'm speaking to the wrong people. That type doesn't come because you have a ministry. It comes because you are in alignment with God's ordered, ordained government. And that's what I came to help somebody see tonight. Can you help me tell to your neighbor that there is what we call the spirit of a house? The spirit of a house does not jump on people. Are you listening to me? It takes conscious alignment for it to come. And I want to prove it from scripture so that you don't say I'm talking from my head. At least let's begin from the Old Testament. Are we together? Numbers chapter 11. If you are still here, say hallelujah. Alright? For time's sake, I begin to read from verse 11. All I'm trying to do tonight is just to open your eyes to one thing so that we can pray right. You know, our brother came up and he was leading the prayers and he said something. And I don't know how many people heard him. Hallelujah. So can I echo or amplify the thing he said? He said, this sent forth meeting is one of the most crucial meetings that you have ever come under. It's not contact. Oh, tell somebody for me. Preach to somebody. Say, it's not contact. It's not leadership retreat. See, a teacher 
can only teach you what he knows. Are you following? But an apostle will impart his life to you. Because a teacher who receives a revelation from God to teach something. Do you understand? But God makes the apostle the message. He will take, if you ever become an apostle, if there's a kind of an apostle over your life, then get ready for suffering. Do you understand? Because God will take you through so many hard times, so many humiliations, so many things that I tell you the truth, you will not have confidence in anything but God. And then when you become, hello, that man, you become a message to your generation. So anywhere you go, in your teaching, you are imparting life. Are you listening to me? As you lift up your hand, you are imparting life. As you speak, you are imparting life. Whatever you do, something is transferred from you to somebody. And that is the greatest, hello, undoing of many people. Because you can sit on an apostolic ministry and think it's a teacher speaking. So you are busy taking notes and notes alone. Meanwhile, something was being transferred in the atmosphere and you didn't catch it because you treated that man of God and that ministry with levity. You are not open to the spirit of God. So you sat under him for three years and nothing transferred to your life. And it's possible for you to sit under the man of God for three years and you become like a replica of the man. The only difference between you and the man is that you have your own uniqueness and he has his own uniqueness. You're not, you're not going to talk like him. Hello? You're not going to try to walk like him. You're not going to try to do anything like him. But the things that manifest in his life you will have a measure of it in your life. If you don't have it, then we'll question something about your followership. That's what the true heart, when the Bible says that, and in the last days I will turn the heart of the father to the son and the heart of the son to the father. What he was talking about was he's going to connect their hearts like a bridge so that something will flow from the father to the son. So you don't come to a house and then bring anything you have and end in the world into the house. You drop them at the gate. Do you understand? If you are a mother, thank God for you. Drop your motherhood at the gate. Do you understand the point? When you are a father, when you come, drop it there. Drop your age outside. Drop your academics outside. Drop your status outside. Drop everything, your gender outside there. As you come in here, you come in as what? A child. Because in one house, there's only one father. Are you listening to me? And the father can be your son's age mate. The father can be the, an illiterate. The father can be a deformed person. The father can be a gurugu. But God saw the gurugu and saw you and he picked the gurugu. And it has nothing to do with voting. He may not even know how to speak good English. But if God has picked him and has put him there, you bloody well come and do what? Put your head down. The best you can ever become if you fail to put your head down is that you will see your gift and your ministry. Do you understand? And you just be a man of gift and ministry. But you will not be relevant to anything God is doing in the territory. So you just be busy doing activity. You may be popular. Everybody will know you. And everybody will hear your name. But you didn't come to the earth to be popular. I hope you're not like that. You came to the earth to fulfill God's purpose and destiny for your life. Are we still here? I pray that you will have understanding tonight. In the name of our Lord Jesus. Now, in the book of uh, Numbers 11, because I, I really, really didn't want to do much. I just want to make a statement and then we pray. Numbers 11 from verse 11, for time's sake. And Moses said unto the Lord, Wherefore hast thou afflicted thy servant? And wherefore have I not found favor in thy sight? That thou layest the burden of all these people upon me. 
have I conceived all these people? Have I begotten them that thou shouldest say unto me, Carry them in thy bosom as a nursing father dared the suckling child unto the land which thou swearest unto their fathers? Whence should I have flesh to give unto all these people? For they weep unto me, saying, Give us flesh that we may eat. I am not able to bear all these people alone because it is too heavy for me. And if thou deal thus with me, kill me, I pray thee, out of hand, if I have found favor in thy sight, and let me not see my wretchedness. And the Lord said unto Moses, Gather unto me seventy men of the elders of Israel, whom thou knowest to be elders of the people, and officers over them, and bring them unto the tabernacle of the congregation, that they may stand there with thee. Underline the word, stand there with thee. Praise the Lord. Verse 17. And I will come down and talk with thee there. And I will take of the spirit which is upon thee, and I will put it upon them. And they shall bear the burden of the people with thee, that thou bear it not thyself alone. Let's jump to 24. And Moses went out and told the people the words of the Lord and gathered the 70 men of the elders of the people and set them round about the tabernacle. And the Lord came down in a cloud and spake unto him and took of the spirit that was upon him and gave it unto the 70 elders. And it came to pass that when the spirit rested upon them, they prophesied and did not cease. But there remained two of the men in the camp. The name of the one was Eldad, and the name of the other was Medad. And the spirit rested upon them, and they were of them that were written. But when, but went not out unto the tabernacle, and they prophesied in the camp. Praise the Lord. I stopped there for time's sake. Hallelujah. Now this is an account that gives us a vivid picture of the spirit of a house if you have heard me over time i've tried to help us understand that when god wants to begin a ministry when god wants to set or commission a work he does not commission many people he looks for only one man hallelujah and it's only that one man he will walk over his life for many years and then he'll bring him to pioneer something are we following here are you getting the picture for any true pioneer, for any true set man, God took him through a process of time. And after he had passed through his wilderness, passed through his training, passed through... I'm not saying he has arrived. Do you understand? But he comes to a point that he qualifies to carry a particular anointing for that commission. Then God drops the anointing on his life and then he sends him to the city or to the area or to the territory where God wants to carry out an operation. Are you listening to me now? It is that anointing on the man's life that will attract everyone that has a similar call or that needs that anointing to be able to become what he wants to be. It is anointing on that man's life, hello, that will raise a poor man from the dust and make him a billionaire on the account of the commission. Are you following me now? It is the anointing on the life of that man that will raise a, 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 a permit me to use the word, a non-entity, hallelujah, and make him a minister of the gospel. It is that same anointing that brings the people. It is the same anointing that makes the people. It is the same anointing that sets the people. Are you following? Now, if the anointing brings you and you end there, then something is wrong with your revelation. Are you listening to me now? 
if the anointing brings you and makes you, hello, and the end there, something also wrong with what you have received. It's supposed to bring you, make you, and then set you so that in our rankings, hello, and in our structure, we will be able to now operate in our territory. So that if you are in alignment, I'm in alignment, and everyone is in alignment, and somebody say, okay, sir, this Sunday, uh, I'm invited to come and sing somewhere on the, base, on the account of my music ministry. Do you follow now? And the set man or the person you are under says, go. You didn't go alone. Do you understand? You went with the strength of the whole house. And when you go to stand there to minister, you will now discover that the ministration for that day is beyond your gift and your ministry. I don't know whether you understand. Are you following me here? You want to go for a crusade in your village and you jump on and say, after all, it's anointed me, ma'am, anointed. You see, you are just depriving yourself of a dimension of God you are supposed to go with. Some of us just jump up and travel when we want to travel, do things we want to do the way we want to do them. We don't want to be accountable anywhere. We don't want to be responsible anywhere. We just want to hide and just be doing our things on our own. And that is not the pattern and that's not the right way. Hallelujah. Now, you see that Moses was carrying the burden of the people alone. If you read the book of Exodus chapter 18, you will see a similar account of this story. Hallelujah. But from that account, it was Moses' father-in-law that gave him the advice and the counsel to pick the people that were supposed to be set as elders. But did you notice that those people that were supposed to be set as elders over the people, they all had one talent or gift or qualities in their life. Did you notice that? And if you bring it to the New Testament, you can call it the gift and the character that you're supposed to have to be a leader. Are we following? Now, but in Numbers, we began to see that what Moses' father-in-law did not see was that it was God that sets leadership through the set man that he puts on ground. But there's one thing the set man can do and there's one thing that no other man can do but God. Do you understand? Because if you read that story carefully, you will think, or I was expecting that God would say, choose 70 men and I will anoint them. Or choose 70 men and I will put my spirit upon them. But the Lord said, choose 70 men and I will take off the spirit that I gave you. What God was trying to say was that all that you need to take Israel out of captivity, take them through the wilderness, bring them to the promised land and settle them in their locations and enjoy the promise I gave to them is already in the commission I gave to you when me and you met. I don't have anything extra to add. Oh, that somebody will hear me. Do you understand? The day God called this man of God and gave him Remnant Christian Network, the anointing he needs, hello, and the anointing that every man that will come into Remnant Christian Network will need to carry out his ministry and function with the spirit of the house was released to him on that day. But how you tap into that one is going to be how you follow. Do you understand? The Lord said to Moses, uh, Moses was complaining, he said, I cannot carry these people alone. And God was saying, yes, I didn't actually call you to carry them alone. I actually put the anointing on your head, but the anointing was not for you to carry it alone, but that you should pick some people, hello, and then I will take from that same anointing and then anoint these same people so that they can now do business with you. The reason is because every house has its own spirit. Are you listening to me? Every spirit of every house is supposed to control and direct the activities of a house. Now, if God didn't anoint them with the spirit that he gave unto Moses, they will be reacting and behaving in another manner different from that which Moses was. 
So it takes an alignment with Moses to be able to receive what is on top of the life of Moses. Did you notice that Elisha didn't go to ask for any other thing? God didn't throw anything from heaven to give to Elisha. It was what was on the life of Moses, uh, Elijah that came to Elisha. Do you remember that? But do you notice that Elisha went to the grave with his own? I, I don't know. Am I speaking to the people of God here? Are you aware? El God anointed Elijah, the Tishbite, and he appeared. And he had favor and stature with God. And anything he spoke came to pass. Do we remember? He called fire, fire came down. He said, rain, no rain. There was no rain. He said, rain, come rain came. And when he wanted to go, somebody followed him. The Bible said, Elisha, the son of Shaphat, that poured water on the hands of Elijah. There was a notable testimony that he followed his master and served him like a slave. And the end point was that he was the only one qualified to receive what the master carried. I don't know whether somebody is hearing me. Now, can I say this quickly? Just to interject that your master does not need to actually leave before you carry what he carries. But when the time has come for him to leave, actually, it becomes a crucial moment. I know you didn't hear that one. You know why it's become a crucial moment? It becomes a crucial moment because what has kept the house together all this while was the anointing on his life. Are you listening to me here? And if he's going to leave, he's actually going to leave a vacuum behind. Let's not try to... You understand what I'm saying here? He's going to leave something behind, a gap. The only thing that will make anybody fill in that gap is not how much Bible you know, my brother. It's not how anointed you are. It's how much of the spirit of the house has come upon your life. The account of your followership and your heart. Am I still speaking to the people of God tonight? Are you aware that in that scripture, when Moses called and gave a list of 70 elders and they all gathered around the tabernacle, Moses didn't know that two men were not there. Is that correct? Now, the Bible didn't tell us the reason why they didn't come. But at least the, the Bible explains that there are some times that you are unclean you cannot come to the tabernacle or to the presence of God so no, nobody knows the reason why they didn't come but God does not see the physical God does not see your talent God does not see your ministry God sees your heart and God who sees the heart of man even though those two guys were not with the 70 people that were in the, in the tabernacle that were anointed God still located them where they were can I say this to you it's not your lying down or your singing praise of the man of God that is the issue but the state of your heart that is actually the issue because God sees the heart he doesn't see your actions because I can actually bend down to greet the man of God and I'll be saying see your big head you don't understand I can actually be following him and despising the wife do you understand say see the wife self. you know you know fit herself You mean he, he, he left me here. He left me here to go and marry this, this small girl. You mean among all these beautiful sisters in my court, he didn't see anyone. I, 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 I'm just trying to explain the heart of a man. Praise the Lord. But meanwhile, every day you call and say, man of God. In fact, your man of God is like an angel speaking. Man of God. And your heart, my Jesus. Do you understand? It's funny, but it's not funny. 
God sees the heart. And God will not anoint a fake heart. And can I say this to somebody also in case you want to hear? That God can anoint your heart today, I mean, anoint you based on your heart today. And if your heart becomes corrupt tomorrow, God will still judge you. Nadab and Abihu were among the 70 elders. If you don't know, go and check your Bible. Praise the Lord. But the day they went against the spirit of the house, ground opened and swallowed them. I don't know whether you understand me. The man of God will be living, of course. He, there's going to be an impartation, amen. There's going to be a release of spirit from him to you. Now, in case you are here and you have been rebellious, in case you are here and you have not been standing with him, in case you are here and you have been standing against him, and you can actually be standing with him in the physical and standing against him in your heart. Are you listening to me here? You can be standing with him in the physical and with your tongue behind him, you are killing him. I don't know whether you are understanding what I'm saying here. Your attitude shows a good character here and then behind. And some of us are bold like me. We have strong will like me. So no need to pretend. So you show it to his face. You flaunt it. I don't like your face. Nobody write you later to come. You understand the point? It's either you are lying or you file out. Simple. Hallelujah. You came because you believe that there is something that God has called you to receive here. Is that correct? So you can become what God wants you to be. Praise the Lord. First Thessalonians chapter 1 verse 6, Paul began to speak and he said, as you have obeyed our gospel and followed us. And I began to wonder, who are the us? Praise God. Paul said, and you have followed us in the gospel of Christ. Yeah? And I was wondering, I thought it was Paul they followed. But Paul said they followed us. So I had to check, is it Paul and the Holy Ghost? Because there was a place Paul said, be you followers of me as I am a follower of Christ. So is it the us that Paul was referring to? Was it Paul and, the, and Christ? Or? And when I read from the beginning of that scripture, I discovered that Paul was talking about his associates. You see, I'm dumbling into some things tonight. Are we following here? He said, as you have followed us. And I had to take out time to begin to find out. And I discovered that Paul was actually talking about Silvanus and Timothy which were associates to him that he have raised over time to the point that they have become one on an issue if you go to ask Paul and Paul give you his counsel and you go to meet Silvanus somewhere else and ask on the same matter he will not say something less he will not say something more and when you go to ask Timothy the same thing I read my Bible and I began to see where Paul was speaking to his son Timothy and he said my beloved son Timothy of the things that you have heard me declare amongst many witnesses he said the same thing commit to faithful men so that they and in turn commit unto others and i began to wonder it would take a followership a commitment and an absolute loyalty to paul for timothy to be able to communicate accurately that which he has heard him spoken among many witnesses it means that when paul was ministering Timothy was busy listening with all his heart. Not just to receive an impartation, but because a responsibility was going to be laid upon his life in the future. What I'm trying to say is that when you look at the Nigerian church everywhere today, do you see ministry being done with a view of imparting people to carry out the same thing when the man is no longer there? 
Have you not seen the churches today where the set man dies or leaves a city and it's as if the church is dead? But is that supposed to be the pattern? Is that supposed to be what it's supposed to be? Are we listening to me here, people of God? I came to help you understand that there's thank God for your individual gift, thank God for your ministry, but you need to celebrate something higher. And that's the spirit of the house. It is on that account of the spirit of the house that the man of God can look at his son and say, go start Remnant Christian Network in Soweto. Hallelujah. He doesn't even have money to give him for a ticket. But that the son say, thank you, sir. And receives a blessing from him. That anointing come on his head and he brings favor. Somebody, begin to, somebody can no longer sleep in his house because God has said, give him ticket money to go to Soweto. As he's coming to Soweto, everything is prepared for him. The land is open and then he begins to do ministry. I tell you the truth. This man of God may not need to go to Soweto. Do you understand the point? But if you travel from here to Soweto, you will think that they carry Remnant Christian Network Makodi and they just placed it there. Bam! You know why? There was a son who carried the spirit of the house. He doesn't have to speak like him. He doesn't even need to know much grammar like him. Do you understand? But if he carries the spirit of this man, he will reproduce what the man is doing. Do you understand? God is not into doing many business. He's into doing one thing. And that is establishing his kingdom on the face of the earth. Do you understand the point? And all he wants me and you to do is to go into the world, go into our spheres of contact, doing the same thing, reproduce the same thing. That's our mission. Some of us are on campus today, we don't have an understanding of what I'm talking about. Some of us are doing business today, we don't have an understanding of what I'm talking about. But what God is expecting from me and you is that if you truly come here every day, come here every month, hello, and you're receiving impartations, something should be replicated in your office. Something should be replicated in your school. Something should be replicated in your sphere of influence and contact. That is the spirit of the house. I want somebody to say to the Lord tonight, we're going to pray and cry. I don't know the state of your heart. But the truth about it is that Jesus himself said that some of you come to me and you sing my praise with your mouth. But what happens to your heart? I want what we are going to say today to the Lord synchronized with what is in our hearts. I don't know where you have rebelled. I don't know where you have actually not been serious. I don't know where you have played with this commission over the years. You have been coming and nothing to show in your life for it. You are going to ask God for mercy tonight. Are you listening to me? Because tonight, tomorrow night, it's a crucial night. I may not even speak till I go again. I believe I've done my assignment. All I came to show to you is that beyond ministry and gift that we are celebrating over so many years, there's what we call an oppression in the territory where there's a corporate movement of people. I don't want to go into the technology of it because I believe he will handle that. Hallelujah. Then you see how an oppression takes place in the territory that you must understand your rank, you must understand your place, that somebody is ahead of you does not mean he's better than you. But that there must be somebody who leads. Just like the same way in the home, there's the husband and there's a wife. Are you following me now? The wife may be more educated than the man. The wife may even be more spiritual than the man. The wife may be more gifted than the man. But as it comes to the family, the man is the head. The man is not better. Because we have so many women today that when you put the man, put the woman together, I tell you the fact, the woman can give direction more than the man. But God says, woman, submit to your because the man has been ordained in God's agenda for him to be the head. So that the man has a commission of the house, but don't make him the best. And in the kingdom, we're not looking at the best. Because when you talk about the best, it's comparison, it's foolishness. It's celebrating who you are in Christ Jesus and celebrating your difference because that is why I need you. The moment you become me, I don't need you. Because I, you can do what I can do, I can do what you can do. 
Praise the Lord. I only need you because I can't do what you can do. Do you understand what I'm saying here? Are we following together? So God has not called us to sameness, but has called us to our diversities. And it's in our diversities that in, in our differences, we can still work as one unit. That is the wisdom like God wants to demonstrate to principalities. That's what he wants to demonstrate to the world. That's what he wants to show to everybody. He cannot understand how a professor can come and be an usher. Do you understand? An usher, a professor. Your student come and he says, hey, welcome man. Please come and sit down. Do you know that it takes a technology in God to walk something to a man's life to do that? Are we following here? An army general coming to sing in a choir. And then one small boy who is not even a graduate we say tomorrow choir we are meeting by three o'clock and all of you must be here you say yes sir do you understand there's a technology that god is putting on the ground but can i say this as i close and we pray one of the greatest things the devil is fighting in this last day is that you me and no other believer will contact the spirit of a house that you belong to what does he do he cause problem all the time particularly between you and either the set ministry or you and the person that God has placed ahead of you. Can I tell you, if you don't submit to that authority, you can never get what he carries. Because the anointing you do not place value upon can never add value to your life. Are you listening to me here? Listen to me and learn it very, very, very well. The devil is out to make sure that you don't carry such a dimension in God. He wants to attack your fellowship with God. And one of the easiest ways to do that is for you to pick offense with your leadership. Who told you that the man God made your leader is not a human being? Who told you he's a spirit and an angel? He has his fault, he has his weaknesses. Hallelujah. But if you are going to ever contact something from such a man, you will value the anointing he carries on his life and refuse to see anything in the human. Are you following me? Are you following me? Gone are those days that you will look for one excuse or the other. And that's the reason why you cannot follow with all your heart. If you can't follow with all your heart, you cannot get what God has for you. Check the life of Elisha, you will see it. Check the life of Timothy, you will see it. Have you seen that Timothy was an adult when he was circumcised? Are you aware that Timothy knows the Bible to the point that he knows that in salvation there is nothing like circumcision? But how come did he submit himself to his father to be circumcised? That was a heart. That was what made Isaac to receive from Abraham. Isaac was an adult, he was not a boy. He was the one who carried the firewood on his head. And he followed his father to the place of sacrifice. And the father looked at him and said, You, today you are ECAU. He said, Yes, daddy. The father tied his hand. He was looking at him. Do you understand the point? Lay him on, on the sacrificial altar. He was still looking. Can they do that to you? If they can't do that to you, you cannot receive. Say, so What does he think of himself? What does he think of himself? He carries something you don't have. Do you understand? I don't know. I don't know why the apostle always like to. He liked to. Like to. He didn't buy it and he didn't bribe God. Are we still together? Even if God is going to call you to be a pioneer tomorrow. Hallelujah. You need a blessing of a father from the house you are coming from. That will follow you as part of your pioneering commission to go and start a work somewhere. You need to be blessed by your father. And at that point in time, many people have misunderstandings. I pray that God will bring a right pattern. To this region for other ministries to see and copy and to understand that god has come to bring about an operation in this territory that has never been in existence before in the name of our lord jesus can we cry to the lord tonight and talk to the lord concerning the state of our heart first before we now ask god to release the spirit of the house upon your life in the name of jesus can you rise to your feet and talk to the lord tonight
I don't know which area God has spoken to you tonight, but if you know that you are not in alignment with the authority, either with him or with his wife, you need to, I tell you the truth, as a matter of urgency and necessity, go back and make peace quickly. Make that peace quickly. Because something is about to drop in this territory before God sends his servant away from here. And if I were to be you, I will do anything within my power to catch of that which is of his. to switch it on but upon switching the phone on I saw a strange number a number that was not identified by my phone book and I picked and um, it happened to be somebody from the head office and he said have you heard about posting I said no posting he said your name came out my god and uh, your name is against Lagos Jesus next week on Tuesday the letter to confirm that came 
even though they have not paid us the money that will enable our going. Hallelujah. But it's obvious that somebody will lead this house from this point and that the name of the Lord will rest upon him. We have had a great community of leaders and escorts that have been coming together once and again to deliberate upon issues in line with the consciousness that the Lord has granted us. And it has been wonderful. And tomorrow, the man that will stand in my shoes to drive this donkey <laughs> to the next level, his name will be proclaimed among us. Turn your Bible to second Samuel quickly. Every house carries a spirit. And in our day before the fulfillment of the agenda of God, order, government must be restored so that nothing will be lost in the house of God. Hallelujah. In the book of 2 Samuel chapter 1, from verse 17, we see a song song that David instructed that that song should be added to the curriculum of every primary school. It should be sung by everyone in secondary school. Besides the national anthem, this song was highly prized among the people of Israel. It is the song of a bow because brother Tony took us to Revelation chapter 6 and he spoke about a seal that was broken and upon the breaking of that seal visions of the spirit began to find expression and the vision that was seen upon the breakage of the first seal was the vision of a man on a white horse carrying a bow and in the book of Second Samuel chapter 1 verse 17. The Bible says, Then David lamented with this lamentation over Saul and over Jonathan his son. And told them to teach the children of Judah the song of the bow. Indeed, it is written in the book of Asher. There is a reference. Just in case you may need to seek the song out. The full compendium of all its stanzas are in the book of Asher. Well, even though the real song is in the book of Asher. In the lamentation of David, we are able to find a few verses of the song. That is going to form the first prayer we are going to pray tonight. 
Then I bring another scripture. Then we pray the second prayer and we all go home today. And by tomorrow, the heavens will come down because God will release the spirit of this house upon his people in the name of Jesus Christ. 19 The beauty of Israel is slain on your high places. How are the mighty fallen? Tell it not in God, proclaim it not in the streets of Ashkelon. Let the daughters of the Philistines rejoice, lest the daughters of the uncircumcised triumph. O mountains of Gilboa, let there be no dew nor rain upon you, nor fields of offerings, for the shield of the mighty is cast away there, the shield of Saul not anointed with oil, from the blood of the slain, from the fat of the mighty, the bow of Jonathan did not turn back, and the sword of Saul did not return empty. Hallelujah. 23 is my emphasis. It was a song of lamentation that had to be added to the curriculum of study in all of Judah. The song of the bow. The bow was crying out that there was no arrow left with which to reveal his temper because the last among the dimes of the arrows Saul and Jonathan have gone on a trip and they are not likely to return. I pray because I know. <laughs> Amen. Let the song of the bow never be sung here. <laughs> That's the first prayer point. He spoke about the valiance of Jonathan and Saul. He said Saul and Jonathan were, were beloved and present in their lives. And in their deaths, they were not divided. They were swifter than eagles. They were stronger than lions. Hallelujah. Nothing could stand before them and survive. Can we stand and pray and say, Lord, because that is a lamentation. May the song of the bow never be sung in this house. Let the story of the spirit be the story of this house. That strength to strength we will prevail. For the Bible says they go from strength to strength in Zion everyone that appeared before the Lord. Let the story of this house be a story of strength to strength. Can we pray tonight? The lamentation of the bow will not be sung in this house. But they go from strength to strength. In Zion, everyone that appeared before the law, Brenda Namaskole Barahaseli, and the songs in the house, by reason of the vacuum, we step up and God will honor their faith. The Spirit of the Lord will descend. And the story will be from glory to glory. 
Alebrana skanda baboria balatapaske. La elebos ebrenda makadia. Raban sata barakabes kombre. Lebos kandara balahasali abranta babori. We thank you, O oh God. We magnify your name. We glorify you. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' holy name we pray. Still pick your Bible, maybe while you stand, if you feel like sitting, it's all right. We don't have sufficient time to pray that prayer point, but at least you have heard it. That the song of the bow may not be sung. The bow shot out Jonathan, he shot out Saul. And the Bible says the effect of their shooting was that they were swifter than eagles. You know, when you shoot a bow, shoot an arrow, the integrity of the bow is revealed in the swiftness. And the Bible says that they were swifter than what? Than eagles. They were what? Stronger than lions. There was no territory, no dominion. That they came up against that they could not break through. Because the bow sent them. But now the bow is lamenting. No one to send out again to create the same effect. No one to push forth. And David said, let it be added in the curriculum. And let the children be taught. So that people will become conscious. That this will never repeat itself again in all of Israel giving occasion to the Philistines to rejoice. Let it not be published in God. No, not in the streets of Ascalon. There's a reason why I raised that prayer point. But the Lord will give you understanding. <laughs> Ephesians, no, Corinthians, 1 Corinthians. Okay, let me explain more. The first prayer point. The parable I've been trying to communicate to us is this. Almost often it happens when a set man is removed, the spirit goes with him. And even if he dies, he is he, cut off. And then a generation without covering finds expression. But the song of the bow will not be sung. In Jesus' mighty name. Let me keep the parable there. Uh, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Some of my brethren from somewhere. They understand. The song of the bow was sung there. And it was a mighty lamentation. Unfortunately, the children did not, it was not part of their curriculum. And so the children could not rise up to the task in that place. I speak in parables. They know what I'm talking about. Mm. We were somewhere where the bow began to lament because 
the valiant was shot out and he didn't come back. But because it was not added in the curriculum, the knowledge of that which happened did not equip anybody for responsibility. And the lamentation has continued for over 10 years. Publish it not in God. Let it not be said in Ascalon. Jonathan and Saul. For they were stronger than lions. They were swifter than eagles. The Lord will help us in Jesus name. In 1 Corinthians 12. Where we read yesterday. As I gave you the last prayer point. And I pray that you take it home. And regurgitate upon it. So that we will come tomorrow with the same mind. The same passion. And when we call on heaven. Heaven will answer. And the river that have been locked up. The thunder that have been trapped be released in the name of Jesus Christ. Are you with me now? First uh, Corinthians twelve verse twenty-eight say, and God has appointed these in the church: first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, and after that miracles. Then gifts of healing, helps, administrations and varieties of tongues. That is where we are going to focus tomorrow. What is the meaning of that scripture? It said some. That scripture is speaking about an oppression within a territory. The partnership of graces, giftings and anointings to promote an intention of God within a territory. Put your right hand on your chest as we pray the next platform. And the prayer point is a prayer of, of, of dedication. That God, that which you are doing in this land, I will be part of it. It's a, it's a declaration of your faith. I will be part of it. And anything that will take me away from that which you do, in this land, let it be destroyed. Can we pray tonight? We pray. Shambrenda I'm gonna be part of it. I'm gonna play play my role. I'll be part of what God is doing in this land. Such light of heaven. It's reaching down. The satellite of the spirit is reaching down. I will be part of what you are doing. I will identify my place. And I will be part. That which you do. I will be part of it. Nothing is going to take me away from what your spirit is poised to do. More of you. More of you. More of you. Jesus, more of you.
something like fever but yet we still went for prayers in the night came back home 11 o'clock in the night because I used to have a key to the place where I was staying with my uncle I had a key because I come in the night I come 12 I come 11 <laughs> hallelujah and it was not anything else we just prayed prayed for sometimes six hours, seven hours, eight, and he was wondering why I always come the night. But that day I felt something like fever. I went for prayers and when I came back and I fell on the, on the couch, my eyes were open. And it was not in the likeness of what I used to experience when I see visions. Because that day it was a screen that appeared. And I've only seen that screen twice now in my life. No, three times. One in your church, 
saw the screen and then but the longest time I've seen that screen come is for three hours and it was that day my eyes this one is not my eyes open a screen came and through the screen I saw that there was a mighty revival coming to Benway State there were a few things that I could capture the uh, vision sorry the screen was there for three hours first thing I noticed was that because I've been I've lived most of my life here most of the ministers that I used to know and some of them are still present now they are facing when I saw the faces of the people that were champion men in that move of God most of the names we hear were not part of it but I noticed that there were so many young people young people young people and the Lord had given the kingdom to the young people I also saw that women were vitally part of that move of God I didn't see men old men old pastors old preachers hallelujah I don't know but that's the one I saw I don't know the one about your own you so many youths were gathered and the revival that I saw it was flowing like molten magma if an, a, a volcano erupts begins to flow like magma I knew it I knew I've been seeing magma on TV before so I see I saw that what was flowing as a spirit of revival it was molten magma and it was consuming every place and it saturated the whole territory of Benue State. And I could see that there were several people. I, I don't want to mention details. Details. Because some of you might have only a few days to leave. I want to reach Lagos alive. <laughs> All right. Let me. There, there's, there's a particular ministry in this state. I could see that the disciples from that ministry were critics that were standing hallelujah and watching what was happening and they were criticizing it and why they were criticizing because a lot of them were watching what was happening they were criticizing it and then another bowl bowls of fire something roundish fire from heaven now fell upon us poop and the revival intensified fourfold and then those skeptics knew that they were about missing the greatest thing that had ever happened. So they now repented and they joined the move. And God continued. I noticed that it was those people, those disciples that joined the move, that took the move to the villages and to rural places. And God continued. And I saw the entire Benway state captured by that molten magma. When Benue State was captured, I now saw it flowing to Nassau State. And then the vision was taken from me. Three days after that day, I was in a service and I did not know that that fever, that thing I was feeling like fever, was an angel had been dispatched to bring revelation. When I got to service on Wednesday, I started feeling the fever again and while praise was going on, the screen appeared in the church. But that screen lasted for 45 minutes. The Lord spoke to me. He said, your place of primary assignment is Benue. 
but you will not go into full-time ministry now. I'll give you a job. And you will still sit on that job and I'll raise you to become a full-blown apostle. I would have resigned upon this transfer. But it was Baba that gave me. So until he finishes what he wants to do. But I know I will not be long anyway. But nevertheless, some man must stand in my place. Hallelujah. It's not, Paul, in Paul's case, he didn't know. He, was, he didn't know whether he will come back. Me, I will come back. I'll be... I'll come. I'll come. In the... Even if, even though I'll be coming for monthly meetings, I can only stay for two of the days. Sons in the house will continue. If I take a flight from Lagos to Abuja, come here Friday, Saturday, I have to go back on Sunday. But a time will come that it may not be possible for me to come again. Because a fountain has to be opened in that city. Two years ago, we were praying in my house. Then I was staying in drug law, that drug law side. A brother now said, the Lord said, you are taking this message to Lagos, to London, and to Colombia. I said, the Lord will help us. When the posting came out, it was Lagos. And you know, it's posting that brought me here to fulfill the vision that I saw many years ago. They were posting people, people were lobbying, bribing, manipulating, all of that. But my name came without lobby, without bribe, came Benway. When it came, me and a few brethren here prayed for one year and the Lord now said, this is the time. That's how we set out. Hallelujah. Amen. That same posting is taking me to Lagos and I'm going with my axe because water must come out of that ground in the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. So if the spring in Lagos becomes so big, I may not be able to be coming every month anymore. But nevertheless, the spirit of the house will live on for a thousand generations in the name of Jesus Christ. So tomorrow we are going to do an impartation service and to proclaim the man that will stand in my shoes to carry out the biddings of the Lord. And I believe that heaven will come down. May the Lord keep you. May he bless you. May he cause his face to shine upon you. May the noise of wasting and worrying not be figured in your borders. May the sons of strangers stand to build your walls. May your voice become law. As you speak a thing, let it be established unto you. May the Lord deliver you from evil men, from the works of darkness, from the pestilence that flies by noonday, from the evil that walketh in darkness. May he grant that is the light of his countenance will fall upon you, and that which he has placed on your inside may he leap out in this day and time for the kingdom and for the power and for the glory of the Lord. In the moment of time, I want you to give thanks. Give thanks to him. We worship you. We thank you, O oh God, for this privilege that has connected us together. It is the Lord's doing is marvelous in our eyes. We give you thanks and praise. Yahweh, Yahweh. We worship you.